Hello, my fellow listeners. It's uh, wonderful to be here again. Uh, thank you so much for downloading my podcasts. Uh, we continue to grow, and this is really fantastic. I am not in a very good place today. Let me tell you why. I, uh, as you know, I am president of a great nation, um, Laughter Republic, and I saw the um, promo for coming to America, and Eddie Murphy actually said that uh, Wakanda is not a real place and Zamuda is a very real nation. And you know, I just get incredibly jealous because I started a fictional country called After Republic 11 years ago. The only reason why I'm not doing Hollywood films is because I haven't got any connections and I refuse to do Nollywood, you know? But Laugh Republic deserves to be out there. So I am incredibly jealous with Eddie Murphy, but he, I, I think I'm actually going to write a show. Because when Wakanda came out, Black Panther came out, I wrote a show, Laughter Republic at War with Wakanda. I might do the same, Laughter Republic at War with Zamunda. And you won't believe it. Wesley Snipes is wearing a uniform in this new, new film. Wesley Snipes is wearing an army uniform. Are they going to think, you know, because a lot of people can't recognize black people, are they going to think that's President Obonjo? Well, anyway, that is how I want to start my podcast, and it is episode 31. I have a very, very special guest. I mean, very special guest because I have not seen him for a long time, and his bio made me laugh. I'm going to start by just telling you how he describes himself. He says his name is Elroy Welsh, and that is really his name. He's not um, from Wales. He is, I believe, a Jamaican. He's definitely Caribbean. Um, Elroy Welsh. You know, it just reminds me, I have lots of Jamaican friends, and they always have these names, Fizzroy, Elroy, Deroy, Roy, 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 Roy. I don't know what the parents were thinking at the time, but they just seem to love Roy. Let us end the name of this Jamaican son with Roy, Deroy, Fizzroy. Anyway, Elroy Welsh is a struggling stand-up comedian. And I said to him, why have you described yourself as the struggling stand-up comedian? I think he will respond, but he says he's a struggling stand-up comedian and actor whose career would have gone well if it wasn't for COVID-19. So it looks like this friend of mine has given up. We know that COVID-19 has destroyed the life comedy industry. We know that COVID-19 has put entertainment on a ventilator, but we should never, ever give up. So my first thing to him is that we are going to pick up. We are going to defeat General COVID. He's also a personal trainer and passionate about health and fitness, even though he doesn't look as fit as those people you see on Instagram. Overall, Airoy wants to entertain people and also help them become the best versions of themselves. And I have to say to you, I am struggling with my weight. I know dictators are supposed to be really, really fat and huge. You know, my late father, Idi Amigada, was twice my size. But I have to tell you, since the lockdown, I feel like I have gotten pregnant. I don't know who the father is. Almost nine months, baby. I feel heavy. And that's why I take long walks. But I don't think what I am doing is having any effect. And that's one of many reasons why I thought I should invite a personal trainer uh, Errol Welsh, 
I have to say to you, I met Elroy, obviously, when I was still performing comedy many, many years ago. Uh, I'm trying to remember how long ago now, probably about eight years ago. No, not that, not that long. Not that okay, long. so I have been doing comedy like, longer it, than you. It's been a while, yeah, but I've, I've only been in comedy, what, six years? So six years, yeah. okay, yeah. Oh, wait, this year, uh, I didn't count this year. This year yeah, didn't no. count. No, you, you, no, no you, you shouldn't even count. You shouldn't count last year. And it doesn't look like we're going to count this year as well. So we're going to lose two years. I've been in the industry for about seven years. Roughly. Seven years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would be short just after I started that you would have met me around that time. Yeah, yeah. and I saw this baby face on uh, the Comedy Cafe. That's where I first saw you, I think. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and then I ended up doing, oh, one of your... Yeah, this man had some really wonderful, wonderful gigs that I, I, I killed it. Not because I'm, 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 I'm boasting. I killed, I killed it, stomped it, as the, as the, English, the English would call it. <laughs> and the other thing is, um, uh, Elroy is one of many black comics I meet uh, uh, in the circuit. And they normally call me uncle. They call me uncle. I don't know why they call me uncle. But the white comics who are his age, they don't call me uncle. They just say mate. <laughs> I think it's one of those that 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 age and you know the tradition kind of thing. Yeah, the tradition. Yeah. Like, uncle, uncle. <laughs> uncle, uncle, uncle. So look, Elroy, it's been a long time. The last time I saw you probably yeah. was your gig in Milton Kings. I think that was it, probably two years ago. No, no, no. Come on, man. You've seen me since then. Do you know what you did? You saved me one night someone got me to host a gig in Wellingborough and I called you to to, to um, be the headline act at that gig and you killed that one. Oh. You saved, saved the whole night. When I told you... <laughs> Is that the one? So black, then, Was that the black gig? Yeah, don't you remember? Yes, it, I do, I do. Oh, <laughs> that, that was a crazy night because ah. I'm not going to... Like, I'm Jamaican, and you know what I mean? Like, I can handle a Jamaican audience, but some of the other comedians, they struggled. They said a couple of jokes, and you know, Jamaicans are, no, man, I mean, I listen to this, man, no, man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I remember. It was in a, it was in a pub, um, yeah. almost like a pub, but the layout was just so crazy. It was one of those gigs, you just arrive and you say, what the hell, how am I going to play this place? <laughs> But I remember the thing that saved me that night was because I picked on this guy who thought I was after his girlfriend. And that was my callback. I don't, I don't want your girlfriend. I don't want your girlfriend. And yeah. <laughs> oh, but like I said, obviously you did really well that night, man. So, I mean, sometimes as a comedian, when you're on stage, you don't see what other people are seeing. But yeah. I'm seeing And from the moment you stepped on stage, you know what I mean? You start with your anthem. Yeah. They're like... What, what's this? What's this going yeah, on? Exactly. You'll start and you'll proudly do it. And then I don't want to say some of your jokes because I don't want people to <laughs> hear them yet. But there's certain lines you say from the get-go and that's it. People are laughing already. Yeah. You know? So it's yeah, it was it was an amazing night. But anyway, really that was that those were those were those were yeah, that was a tough when I say tough place to play, a tough place to play in the sense that it wasn't set up as a comedy night per se, it's, and there were people interrupting. But listen, but it was good I, to turn that around. I know because <laughs> as a comedian, I don't normally like to do certain routes. Mm. And 
the thing where these people had begged me to do a show in their venue. They yeah. said, listen, we haven't had comedy in, in this town for a while. We haven't had anything in this venue. They begged me to do it. And even the way they wanted me to set up would not have worked. I had to tell them, <laughs> this, get this out of the way. The only way we can do it is here. Put the chairs here. And honestly, like, for you being the headline act, they really loved it. They really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I know. There was someone who tweeted about me and posted a short clip of it on, on Instagram. So that was lovely. Mm -hmm. But apart from that gig, you ran some really fantastic gigs in Milton yeah, Keynes. Like oh. Those I ran was It's Just Jokes comedy show. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. That was inspired by places like Comedy Cafe, which yeah. now I'm not running anymore. Yeah. But honestly, as a struggling comic myself, I didn't know where to go. So, you know, like back in like 2015, mm -hmm. Comedy Cafe is a place I really developed and like mm -hmm. got into stand-up properly. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I that's in London. I come back to Milton Keynes and there's nothing here. Mm -hmm. You've been to Milton Keynes before. I think mm -hmm. me and you have gigged in Milton Keynes before as well. Yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. We did one at a place called The Buzzy yeah. years, years and years ago. Yeah. We've done um, Comedy Cal. Yeah. And but apart from Comedy Cow and that Buzzy show, there's nowhere else really to perform in Milton Keynes. So mm. that's why, you know, like me and Jimmy James Jones, we created that show. It's just mm. jokes. Yeah, it was amazing, man. And well, look, the, the last one I did, I did not want to leave the stage because once again, <laughs> I could just tell that they were enjoying me. It was just crazy. Of course. I, I, you know, you, and that was the thing about performing comedy, especially because you don't want to be selfish being on stage, but yeah, you only yeah. got 20 minutes, but it was, it was so much. Now, now we talk about how we were performing. Can you imagine what it's like now? It's like, if we knew that those were the times that we will enjoy performing comedy. Yeah, yeah you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Because honestly, the way I, I reflect back, I say, oh, there's this night when I was saying this and the audience members said, like, I can remember all of it and I'm so happy about it. Yeah. And that's when, honestly, I went on stage and I didn't give 100%. I might have given 80% because mm -hmm. I know I could get away with it. Had I known a lockdown would have come and I can't perform comedy for a whole year, I would, every night, every night would have been 100%, man. Yeah, couple so, of things. You've said struggling comedian. Why do you regard yourself as a struggling comedian? Because because of COVID, to be honest. I'm not even going to lie to you. The way I felt was my career was slowly always just rising and rising and rising. Yeah. And nothing was stopping it. So yeah. from me, kind of, when I first started, I started out in 2014. Mm -hmm. At in 2014, all I could do was open mics. No one was paying me. Mm -hmm. I could do open mics just about, and that was it. So then, you know, over the years, I've, I've gone to different countries, I've performed mm. in like Amsterdam, Norway, places mm. like that. I've got more paid shows, doing well. I've created my own show. That was going really well. And everything was going up like this. And then Corona happened. And it just seemed like it just dipped down because I haven't performed in a year, man. It's, it just, it feels, it feels like that. It feels like you're struggling comic because yeah. I don't know when my next show is coming. Like, I can't. I can't look at my diary and say, yeah, I'm going to do this show next week and that show next week. It's, it's so different. And you haven't considered, because the comedy landscape has changed. Whatever mm -hmm. happens, even if the government decides, yeah, no more lockdown, go back and do comedy and life entertainment, it's not going to be the same because of, as far as I'm concerned, there are some comics who will eventually just decide, look, I've had enough of this. Uh, yeah, I've been out for well over a year. I don't think I can get myself back. There are also audience members who are now used to 
um, Zoom gigs. You know, they, 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 yeah. they, they, they you know, they're in their house, half naked, watching you. <laughs> <laughs> they got their boxes on. They got their boxes on, and you know, and they're in the living room and they're watching Michael McIntyre or President. Of, you know, they, they, and they're watching, and you know, what we're gonna have to work really hard to get those people back into those venues because it's easy to just you know you're walking from home friday um i just want to open a pint of lager whatever it is and and watch comedy online so Mm. yeah um but do you know what that's what makes me feel like a struggling comic because i haven't done any online shows and i don't you should i don't intend to try one try one i will try it because listen I have to respect you and I have to listen to what you're saying. Yeah. As a comedian, I respect the work that they're doing. I would listen and I would do it. Look, but let me tell you, let me tell you why. For me, mm-hmm. let me tell you why. I was, I, at the very beginning, I didn't want to do Zoom gigs. But you were like me though. But I, I, yeah, I didn't want to. At the very beginning of the first lockdown, I refused to do Zoom gigs. Then after a while, I just thought, I'm actually missing a, I'm missing a trick here. And the mm-hmm. trick that I was missing was I did a gig for... Um, a comedy club, I can't remember the name, and they had um, people from America and they tuned in. Oh, now, so you have got they, oh, yeah, so, yeah, so can you imagine I'm in yeah, my house and I'm performing and people are discovering me in America? Mm, Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, and, and they tweeted about it. So I just thought, wow, this is really an opportunity to actually spread your wings and learn some new skills because it's different when you're doing the Zoom gigs. It's not the same. It can never ever be the same. But oh, you are, you are bring, you're, bringing your, you're bringing your market out there. People know about you. Mm. So I, I, what I'm going to challenge you on doing is not because I'm looking for an audience. I have a preview show Tomorrow, if you've got time, I'm doing it through Zoom. Oh, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. No time to prepare. <laughs> Yeah, because you know, I, I demand, but I'm going to be doing some preview shows soon. You can even just come on, even if it's not mine, just tune into one of the Zoom gigs and just see how it feels. Just get a feel for it, because I think yeah, you're missing you know, the trick. I, I, you're missing I the trick. Yeah, you're right, you know, and I think maybe, maybe I guess my anger towards the whole situation but, <laughs> stops me from, from but doing it. But it. it is not, it is not your... It is not, look, of course, of course. it's not your, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't create this. You're not a leader of a nation. Yeah. You didn't create it. Do you know when you love something so much? Like I love that feeling of going into a room and no one knows who you are. Yeah. Like sometimes, yeah, I've gone into rooms and people know exactly who I am, Mm. but I love the feeling of going into a room where no one knows who I am. I come out of, you come out of the dressing room, you you come onto that stage and there's a whole bunch of people that have never seen you before Mm. sitting right there, they're live and they give you that instant feedback. Listen, if you're rubbish, they'll let you know. If you're good, they'll let you know. And I I miss, I miss that, that real stand up. I'm standing on a stage. It's more magical to me. Again, I haven't done this, the Zoom gigs, and you know I'm gonna try it out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not. Let me lower your expectations. It's not the same as a live gig, I know. I but know but 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 it gives you an opportunity to try something different. Because as far as I'm concerned, yes, the market has saturated now. You have all these big comics who, before the lockdown, were doing the gigs that you and I will do. So we couldn't yeah. even get so. 
you've got to, you got to, anyway, you've got to find a way. You, you've got to, I'll encourage you to find a way to, to, to at least see, because we don't know. This thing could be, I, you know, this could be another year of no gigs, man. And it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's like sex. If you don't practice it, you're fucked. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so how have you been? So have you been since March when the lockdown happened? How have you Honestly, been coping? I've I've been up and down, man. It's been a little bit of a roller coaster to me, but um, overall I'm okay. I'm good. I'm thankful that I'm here. Yeah, it's been it's been a roller coaster of a year because for me the problem was I got into personal training. Mm-hmm. At the start of 2020 and at that time I was doing comedy and I said to myself I'm going to take three months off of comedy so I said I'm going to take January February and March <laughs> off of comedy not knowing that COVID. I down and then I can't perform and honestly what happened was I took three months off I, I started to develop my confidence with the personal training because I'd qualified I just need to get some clients and you know really work at it so I just dived into it in my head, my thinking was, I've done this for six years now. I can take a little gap and people aren't going to necessarily notice. And I can just come back and everything will be okay. I came back and done stand-up. And on my first show, I could tell I was rusty. Like, it wasn't even that it was me necessarily, but there was audience members and I was taken back by, you know, those people who sit in the front and they're just like this. The whole show, the whole show. And everyone else is laughing in the room, but you want to get that one person to laugh. So anyway, like I could tell I was rusty and I said to myself, no, nah, I got to practice. So I went away from that gig. I started practicing, practicing, practicing. I went to my next show and my next show was probably my best show because I'd practiced and I got back to how I was and literally delivered everything. It was amazing. I, I, you know that feeling, you don't want to leave the stage. And then the next day, lockdown, and that was it. And it was just such a weird feeling because now I'd lost all my income. I'd got to a point where I couldn't perform. I couldn't have had no income. And now I'm just sitting at home and I'm going, <laughs> my, both my careers have gone down the drain. What do I do now? Yeah. yeah. So honestly, like it, it took me a little while, a couple of weeks, and I just felt like I was almost depressed. But, you know, the reason I'd gone into the fitness industry is because I realized that your, um, physical health has mm. a part to play on your mental health as well yeah. so all literally throughout the lockdown most thing I did was I just said you know what if I've got nothing left I'm gonna train and I would just wake up every day start training uh, well actually this is a lie <laughs> mm-hmm. for two weeks I ate really badly and got fat and then after that I said now all right all right now yeah. you need to throw it out yeah. and I was just training and stuff um then I was you know, like I had plans in personal training already. So goals of where I wanted to be. Um, I managed to still get into a gym that I wanted to be in. And as soon as the lockdown ended, I started working as a personal trainer, just full time flat out because I wasn't really able to go to shows and I wasn't sure how the industry was. Mm -hmm. You know, I still didn't want to go to a show and, you know, you've got people behind like plastic screens and all this kind of, I wasn't ready for it yet. So I literally just worked crazy hours, just done personal training as much as possible this year. And yeah, that was, it's been a roller coaster, man. It's been a roller coaster of emotions because you're in and lockdown and you're out of lockdown and you're back in again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, but I'm surviving. I'm surviving. Yeah, yeah. You're surviving. You're still smiling. You're, you're still, 
alive and yeah, kicking. Yeah, you, yeah, definitely. And 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 you haven't got COVID. Well, not anymore. <laughs> Did you? Exactly. So I even got COVID. Listen, I'm telling you, like everything. This is it's been a roller coaster of a year. I'm sorry to hear that. That is fine. Like literally, for me, it didn't really. It was in one of the lockdowns. So basically, like we went back into lockdown. I think it was in the November lockdown. Yeah. And, you know, I was just doing my training as usual. And one day, I thought I was Superman. So I went to run outside and I had no top on and, you know, stupid stuff like that. I, I thought, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to get sick. And literally tomorrow I, I started like getting a, like flu symptoms. Mm. Eventually, like I lost my taste, I lost my smell. And then that's when, you know, I had to get tested and said I've got COVID. So literally oh, yeah. I, I isolated myself. It lasted, it felt like a really bad cold. Though. I think my immune system was good enough to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It felt like a cold that prolonged and mm. then things went back to normal. But yes, like I said, roller coaster of a year, man. <laughs> wow. So there's, there's, there's lots to be thankful for then. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Definitely so. Tell me about the one of the reasons why I wanted you on my podcast, apart from catching up with you, is we know that with the lockdown and lots of people walking from home, that you know, health is suffering. And I don't mean mental health now, I mean physical health, especially during the winter months where people are not motivated to actually get out of. I mean, yesterday I wanted to take a walk and eventually I did. But I really had to push myself because I had to think. My brain was telling me, "Oh, stay at home, have a cookie," and my, my yeah. And then I saw. I don't mind sharing this with my listeners. I saw the state of my stomach, and then mm-hmm. I just thought, "Bloody hell! I got to get out of this house and take a walk, even if it's for half an hour, half yeah, an hour." Yeah. Because I just noticed that since the lockdown, I have been sitting a lot rather than standing. Uh, you know, my movements are not the same like they used to. And if I'm feeling this way, I'm sure there are lots of other people out there who are not necessarily demotivated, don't even know how to go about, you know, people people who, there are people who would have paid for going to the gym who are not, they can't go to the gym. There are people who paid for it anyway, but they will never do it. It was part of the New Year resolution. Um, so, I'm very interested. I see your Instagram and, and uh, videos. Yeah, most, most and of can, the time, training. It's yeah, and I can I, and I can see you pumping, pumping and pumping, pumping and pumping away. And there are times I say to myself, I wish, I wish I could do this, but you know, mm. I'm well over fifty, man. But, but you know, I don't want to go and start doing stuff that will, rather than COVID killing me, you know, I don't end up having. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your personal training because the thing about it as well is you have the likes of Joe Weeks who have gone really viral, who are doing yeah, all that yeah. stuff, Mr. Motivator, and all those people are doing that through Zoom. You know, so there are lots of opportunities. But tell me, tell me, yeah. So, I mean, like for me at the moment, what I've done is I actually have an app that I use. And because I had a lot of clients that were training in the gym, and like you said, a lot of people got demotivated. So like literally physically, mentally, they didn't want to do anything. So on the app that I've got, I can basically give them a workout plan. But I do everything still very personalized. So yeah. I give a workout plan for the whole week. So I can say, 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're doing this. Thursday, Friday, maybe a rest day. Saturday, Sunday, you're doing this again. Um, but then I also make specific exercises, workouts for them and things like that. But the biggest factor is always the nutrition, how much you're eating. So I give them nutrition plans to suit their goals because some people, not everyone struggles with weight loss. Some people need weight gain. Mm -hmm. So I've got clients who really want to gain weight and they mm -hmm. struggle or clients who need to lose. And especially after Christmas time, you know, <laughs> everyone just kind of ate everything in their house as usual, as you should at Christmas. But, you know, but, but, but Christmas, Christmas started yeah. in March 2020. <laughs> <laughs> For some people, yeah. It's just, it's been a hard journey for them. And um, the most I do is like, I'm trying to just give them support. So on a one-to-one -one basis, like I do things like, I'll do my checking calls over Zoom. So we end up speaking a lot more um, by like video calls and stuff like that. And just making sure they'll send me pictures, send me their weight. I'll, I'll recommend them different things. The ones who are happy to meet up and train outside, we go outside. I do boxing and stuff like that with them. Well, I just wear a mask and we, we, we train that way as well. And then people who don't want to train, I'm not going to force them. But it's crazy because they keep calling me up every week saying, listen, as soon as the gym's open, I'm going to pay you in advance and they're just ready to go, yeah. go at it. So, I mean, everyone's dealing with it quite differently. But my advice is always... And I give it to all my clients is just to do something is better than nothing yeah. to stay active. And a lot of times the problem is that most people don't have any kind of plan or they don't prioritize it high enough. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you only get one body. That's it. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get another one. So you get this one body and you can do whatever you want to do with it. Mm -hmm. But that's it. So sometimes it's like really seeing like how much of a priority health can be. And just making it a bit of a habit, a bit of a routine and actually finding stuff that you enjoy so that you can do it. Mm. You, you mentioned nutrition. So uh, yeah. without you just revealing, I don't expect you to reveal your clients, but you, have you ever been a personal trainer of, uh, of someone important, like a president? No, no. Okay, so what would... What would place there <laughs> <laughs> so what what advice would you give someone like me over 50 struggling with his eating habits um not exercising as much as he should well, if, 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 I, if i if i if i didn't know you and i just came into your into your contacted you and said look i i i, I want to lose weight where how would you how do we start that so the first thing i always do is a consultation Okay. Um, a, lot of people, a lot of people think it's, it's just easy to do it but what I do is I sit down with a person so like if you came to me I'd sit down with you and literally within half an hour to an hour I'd un try to understand your life as much as possible mm. now the main things I'm looking for is what are you doing in your regular day-to-day -day basis mm. so roughly like you know how much calories you burn per day mm. just mm. by the normal activity yeah um i'm gonna take numbers such as your weight now mm. and your height your age and i'll be able to work out roughly how many calories you need to eat mm. to lose weight mm. and just lose weight at a very safe rate mm. but also i need to understand your beliefs behind there as well because you might believe some stuff that will not help you to lose weight. <laughs> and if I don't change that habit, it's not going to happen. You, so, yeah, a good, a, good, a good example would be in terms of habits, my view is that in terms of leadership and in terms of being the president, 
you have to be really huge. You know, it shows you you got you got to have power. You know, so you got to have like you know when we're talking about meat, you know, we're talking about like four or five pieces of meat, not just one piece of meat. I'm not from Sudan. You know, we're talking about really massive. Yeah, yeah. So there there will be there will be a challenge in you getting me because I don't want to end up becoming like a shrinking slim dictator who has some kind of comes across as someone has some kind of disease. You know, because in Africa, weight means you're rich. Wealthy, is it? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and this is the thing, but people, people tend to not understand. When I start talking, it's like we work together on a goal. Mm-hmm. So if your goal is that you actually want to look big, no one wants to look big and fat, though. That's yeah, the only yeah. thing that I'll say. There's, mm-hmm. not, there's not anyone who ever comes to me and says, my goal is to look really fat. Like <laughs> there is a way we can get you to look big, mm-hmm. but you're not fat. You're more healthier. Yeah, and that's the thing that I most focus on: the health first of all. Yeah, but also then you know, as a result of that, that's when you start to see your body changing. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that you have to go to the extreme and you're going to shrink down completely. Yeah. Because this is very difficult, and sometimes your goals you might only say like you might only want to lose one stone. You know it wouldn't make that much of a huge difference when people looked at you, mm-hmm. but you'd feel a lot healthier. You'd feel better in yourself. You're more active. You're ready. You can move better. All this stuff. You know, you know what you see, you see, uh, there's, there's the comedy bit as well, because for 11 years, I've had this weight on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, even before the lockdown, there was a time I was thinking, mm, I better lose some weight. But if I lose weight, would that make me less funny? Less funny. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know what? I've seen that and I've heard that before. And with you, it wouldn't. Because the people who I think it might make less funny are the people who rely on their weight for their jokes. Yeah. If you understand what I mean. Yeah. So there's some things they come on stage and majority of their set is the fact that they look a certain way. Yeah. Now, if you do that way, how's that punchline going to work? It's not, it's not going to work. Yeah. But like with yourself... You you've got a lot of different jokes that don't rely on your weight. Yeah, yeah. Work. Mm. So regardless of how you, that's not gonna. If anything, for me, this is one thing I figured out a long time ago was my stand up personally was a lot better when I was in better shape. Ah, and okay. Basically, it's you see when you when you watch yourself back. So mm. I video myself and I watch myself back to see what I look like at that mm. performance. Mm. How did I look to that audience? And there's times when I can see myself and I'm really heavy. I'm out of shape. I'm mm-hmm. overweight. I'm like 19 stone or so. Mm-hmm. Then I look back at another time when I'm 15 stone or so. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. And I'm doing roughly the same set. But those two people on stage are acting very different. Wow. The, the, level of, the level of energy that I'm able to give an audience when I'm, you know, like, you know, you sometimes you pretend to be another character. Yeah, 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 sometimes yeah. you do an audience, but sometimes I'm running up and down the stage. Mm-hmm. I'm acting things out more mm-hmm. and I can see a visible difference. And mm-hmm. for me personally, one of the reasons I got into this was because I wanted to be in my best shape so that when I'm doing comedy, I can still get better. Yeah. Like this is for the long run. But honestly, unless your jokes rely on you being fat, well, certainly, I said, I certainly, I don't, I don't talk about my weight when exactly. I am, when I, I perform because you've seen my set. But yes, certainly, yes. what tends to happen is my late comedy father Idi Amidada was a very, very big man, 
And, mm. you know, when people see me, even before I say anything, they say I remind them of the late Idi Amida, that he was quite big, massive and big, you know. But that was something I was playing, I was thinking of before the lockdown about um, losing weight. And it's just really interesting how you have spoken about the, the physical side of yourself and how, how that can help you, because I've never ever thought about it. Uh, can it can help you in terms of your, your comedy. That is something interesting that I want to explore because certainly if I lose weight and you know I have a six pack, for example, I don't have one at the moment, how different would that be for audience members? <laughs> yes, you know I'm saying. But what I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that has happened recently um, on Instagram, and that's when I knew I had to get you on. I've been yeah. having uh, personal trainers add me, and I well, think I it's be- yeah, and I think it's because they saw the state of my uniform because there's one point where my stomach <laughs> protrudes out. <laughs> so. so <laughs> scrolling through Instagram. Yeah, so this guy said, oh, this guy, nah, this guy needs, <laughs> this guy needs to lose weight. <laughs> it's yeah, really interesting. Like, no, I didn't even know that was a method. Yeah, 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 that's that's the method. So yeah, I'm telling you, some marketing skills. They, 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 so I've got like three, apart from you, there are three personal trainers who've joined me. There are also mm. some people who run healthy foods. They've joined me. So I'm thinking, what the hell, what am I doing? What, 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 what's going on? Why are they adding me? Then when I look at the photos, I said, okay, I can understand. I can see where they're coming right. from. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, my, 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 my current weight is attracting people to me, not because of my comedy, just my weight. <laughs> just, just personal training. Yeah. You never know. I saw having personal trainers come to your gigs. And <laughs> you never know. But, you know, most presidents have personal, on a serious note, have personal trainers. I don't have one mm. at the moment, but maybe that's something we can talk about, you know, near the time, near the time, because I am really serious about it. But also, it's important that people, as you rightly pointed out, take care of their physical health. How does the physical health affect the mental health? Because that's what one thing that you said as well. How does that, how does that relate? Before I answer that question, let me just state one more thing, and yeah. I will answer the question. Yeah. So, one of the reasons I also got into this industry was honestly, and I don't really tell a lot of people this, but it's because I want to end up training people who are comedians, people who are actors, people in that industry. Because one of the reasons I got quite big and out of shape was because of my, 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 my comedy. Mm-hmm. So the way that we operate, like let's say I'm, throughout the day, I'm either working or I'm doing nothing. Mm. And then I go to a gig. I end up eating food late at night. Mm. You know, most of the time we're in a club or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you drink or anything mm. like that, you might even eat afterwards. You get to bed late. You don't mm. get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. And what I found was <clears throat> over the years with practically, I don't know, I can't put a percentage on it, but majority of the comedians I know, if you go back and look at a photo of them five years ago and now, majority of them have put on weight mm-hmm. now it's not to knock them or anything like that but that's one thing that i realized and i said you know what comedians really do struggle with this and there is there is a part of it where we actually need to kind of learn a bit better just mm-hmm. for our own health 
and that's that's all I'm kind of saying on that point. It's really interesting you say that because despite the fact that I haven't geeked for a year, mm. I used to remember that there are times I felt really guilty when I'm coming back from a gig and I'm feeling hungry. I just feel so yeah. hungry. I'm yeah. excited that I smashed the gig. So and I, 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 I can't drink because I'm I'm, I'm driving. So what do yeah. I do? I get some food and I it's food, food. Yeah, and it's fast food. And and then it takes a while before you actually go to bed and sleep because your adrenaline is still up there. Yeah. And so you're doing a lot of uh, damage um, to you. And, yeah. and one of the things I'm going to do with this podcast is I'm going to put it on somewhere where comedians can actually listen to what you're saying because it's really important how that link is between physical health and mental health and some of the bad eating habits because it's it's just natural for someone to want to offer you something to eat or get you a drink after after a gig because that's the only way you know i at one point i got fed up of audience members coming to me to say oh let's get you a drink i don't want a drink get me in life at the apollo i don't want a drink I don't I haven't enough I've yeah. had enough of drinking you know I don't want to drink get me on life of the Apollo write to the people of life of the Apollo and say oh you saw President Abondo he's funny that's better than getting me a drink you're killing me by offering me a drink <laughs> but see people don't look at it like that they, they think I'm just being nice and you know a drink is a is a nice thing in this country no, oh it's wonderful yeah but honestly what it does to you after a while you, you do see a difference and <clears throat> that's one of the reasons I said listen in this industry I definitely want to I need to do it for myself, but I also need other people to understand that as well and try and make better habits with themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I've noticed it. I've noticed a lot of comedians do put on a lot of weight mm. and it's just due to the lifestyle that we're living. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no like barrier on it when you do comedy and say, oh, you have to be this tall, which is amazing. You don't have to be this tall. You have to be this slim. You have mm. to be this weight. So mm. comedians can easily get bigger and bigger and bigger mm. and no one will really say anything. And the thing, the fact that we're comfortable with ourselves, we'll just make a joke about it and we carry on. Yeah. And we, that, that will even turn into material. I've got jokes about me being fat when I was fat. And then when I started to be a bit slimmer i started to use them and i used to like i'd say it and then the audience would look at me and i'd have to say obviously i've lost the weight now but this is (laughs) go into it or whatever but i really did notice that with with comedians and i feel like it is something that we definitely need to help us like that kind of education around it Mm -hmm. but if earlier you asked me the question about how does um the physical health Mm -hmm. like how does it relate to the yeah, mental, to mental health, yeah. So there's a, there's a quite a few different things that happen. And again, a lot of it depends on no one's mental health is always the same. Mm-hmm. But just even, you know, when you look at yourself in the morning mm-hmm. uh, or not, whenever you look at yourself and some people will look at themselves and they tell themselves really bad things. Mm-hmm. They look at themselves in the mirror and they say, oh, you look terrible. You look like this. You look like that. Now, just even those negative thoughts when you feel happy about your body and you look at it and you feel like I'm in a good shape, you're not even going to even consider telling yourself these negative things. Mm. Like your confidence goes up Mm. when you feel better about yourself. Mm. You know, for example, it's like anyone knows, well, not anyone, but like if I wear a tracksuit and I go out somewhere 
Mm-hmm. I don't feel the same as if when I'm wearing a full suit, mm-hmm. my tie and everything. Mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, yeah, that, that mm-hmm. confidence, you know? Mm-hmm. And kind of the same with your body. Like when you actually work hard and actually have a body that you, you like, mm-hmm. you feel confident in most situations just going out. Yeah. It's also, for me, there's actually a link with depression as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's me personally, but there's other people as well that literally feel like they're not achieving anything yeah. like when when they feel overweight i could be doing i could be doing shows and it's going amazing i could be winning awards i could be mm-hmm. doing all this stuff mm-hmm. but i go home and when i'm by myself i just feel like i don't like myself like that you know mm-hmm. what i mean i'm not i'm not passionate about myself you know There's, what's really you know what's really interesting about what you said sorry to interrupt what's really interesting mm-hmm. about what you said about looking in the mirror when i look at myself in the mirror I always make a concerted effort to look at my top and yeah, not yeah. the bottom. So you, you I feel I feel I feel good. I just feel awesome. This is an incredibly handsome guy. And then <laughs> and then I forget myself and then I see yeah, yeah. I see my fat pack and I say, Oh my god, I gotta do something about this, especially since the lockdown. Mm. And yeah, but I, I can see where how yeah, I can see, you know, it's really interesting about this mental health thing because as you rightly pointed out, everybody has their trigger points in terms of yeah, what affect, what what affects them. And and certainly uh, the uniform helps me, you know, it helps me yeah. hide. It helps me hide the whole mm. the whole fatness of it. <laughs> of it all. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, that's interesting. There's, there's a lot of things, even just the fact that you know, a lot of times when you do exercise, like people mm. feel a lot of pain while mm. they exercise. If you're exercising hard, you feel pain. Mm. But when you finish, you actually get something that's released in your body called endorphins. Okay. And that's like a feel good. It's almost like a drug that you yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why you see some people who get addicted to exercising all the time because they know when they finish, you feel good. Like there's no one that I know that trains and then they feel like I'll never do this again or I shouldn't do this again. Maybe if you train super hard, but... You know, like there's a point where you can feel great yeah. after training. I, I also have this view that successful people, highly successful people, they have a fitness regime. They're the ones who are always ahead of the game. They're the ones who will get into the office before anyone. They're the ones who have already yeah. planned because they're, they're active. They're already active. Whilst some people are in, I don't know, while some people are in the coffee shop, they are already, it's- yeah, I don't know. That, that one's a tricky one. Yes and mm. no. Okay. Because it depend, depends what you define as success and where yeah. like you're looking. Because I've met a lot of successful people mm-hmm. who have a, have a fitness routine. Yeah. So they definitely like, it's like I wake up in the morning, I do this, I train, mm-hmm. I do this, I train later, whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's other successful people because they might be successful in, a, in like an IT job or something yeah, like yeah. that. And they literally just sit by a computer and they can eat. Okay. So they in that field yeah in in but they spend all their time doing that and they don't prioritize their body their health yeah but the day it's like you can only make money and enjoy life if Mm -hmm. you're alive in good health yeah the moment something happens to your body that is bad like i'm talking someone one of us has a stroke right now I don't care about this life. I don't care about what's going on. I don't care about how much money is in my bank account. Yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah. survive this stroke right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like trying to prevent things like that happening to you. Yeah. You know, like I've I've actually 
had high blood pressure. Okay. So even that to me was a thing where when I actually found out I had high blood pressure, I went to the doctors, I said to them, what do I do? And they just turned around and gave me pills. And I said, is this it? Because I know that this is, it's, it's not really like the solution. It's just going to like temporary. I, yeah, yeah. I, I was about 28 and I'm thinking, so for the rest of my life, you're telling me take these pills every yes, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly don't take any of these pills right now. Mm-hmm, like cool. I took them for about two weeks and it made me feel weak. It made mm-hmm. me feel lethargic. I remember performing, at, um, I was performing in central London. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the 99 club or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember honestly, like I was laying on the floor in the back before performing because that's how weak I felt. But I said, I'm not going to not perform. Mm-hmm. And then I went on stage, I performed, I don't know how I did it. And then I walked off stage and as soon as the audience could have seen me, I laid back on the floor just because of how bad, but it, it really made me say like, I don't want to feel like that at all. Mm-hmm. Like, as a 28 year old man, like I feel, feel this weak. And mm. even things like that would spur me on to just like really trying to train and look after my health. So my listeners and viewers, this is really important. Um, this is focusing on health, uh, personal training, and just making sure you're keeping fit and you're taking care of yourself. We know for a fact that um, a lot of people have put on weight as a result of the lockdown and you've got to find ways to lose that weight because the NHS will be happy if you lose weight. I know that for a fact. They'll be entirely <laughs> happy. But key thing is you taking care of number one. It's really important. Um, well, so, yeah, it, I, yeah. it goes into a lot of things, though. So it's like I, I think about things and, and make some connections that when I say them, people go, okay, that makes sense, but mm-hmm. people don't act on it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm 30 at the moment. I'm going to be 31 soon. I'm at the age where most of my friends are getting married, settling down. I'm eventually going to get married and settle down. Now, my habits, if I continue to eat the way I was eating when I was like 25, I would pass those on to another human being. And then my child might become fat and like out of shape and, you know what I mean, maybe depressed and all this kind of stuff. Mm. So it's, again, kind of thinking, what lifestyle do I want to lead mm. going in the future? Mm. Like, what if my family what do I, what lifestyle do I want to as the man of the house like I want my woman to actually be thinking okay mm-hmm. I want to keep fit or I want my kids to keep fit mm-hmm. like I want to give my kids the best kind of possible start to life you yeah. always want to be better than you so mm-hmm. things like that I always think into as well mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I, I, go on like I'm not a type of person that sees someone and says oh my god they're out of shape and and like we'll, we'll say Mm. like shame on them because I've been that type of way so many mm. times mm. so many times well, so, I, 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 I think I'm being fat shamed on Instagram at the moment with the number of personal trainers joining me <laughs> I don't know man that's, that's, that, I find that quite funny I'm surprised that that's what's happening <laughs> no, I'm telling you, you have a look, you'll see healthy food, food nutritionist Hey, and there was one who wrote to me this morning, actually, and it was really interesting because he said, oh, well, what kind of uh, business are you into? You know, and he said, oh, he's into food business. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, started, I said, OK, fine. I know where I know where this is going. I know I have put on weight, but you don't have to remind me by fat shaming me on Instagram, but it's OK. <laughs> so what are your plans for the future? Um, you still going to do comedy? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not something that I said I was going to stop 
ever doing. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where I feel like I feel like I'm at a standpoint right now. Mm. But my goal was with the industries that I've gotten into, I chose those industries so I could do them for years to come. Mm-hmm. So with stand-up, I don't see myself leaving and not doing stand-up. Even if I never make anything of myself in stand-up, at least I'll still do it as a hobby because I love it. Yeah, and, you, got, you got the bug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, this is the thing for me. Like, if, if I thought I was bad at stand-up, like, I honestly know how many shows I've done and I know how many have gone well. Mm. and more more have gone well than have gone bad so i would never stop doing it it's it's made me go to places that i didn't even think i would go to and perform and you know see some things i don't even think look, but it, i just love comedy man it's, yeah look i i i certainly had no idea how much i was involved in comedy until the lockdown mm. and i had no I, I had an idea that i had fans but i had no idea what the impact was. And I'll give you an example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, day before yesterday, someone just called me out of the blue, out of the blue. I haven't heard from her for years. And just called, last time I heard from her was when the E4 BBC Studios thing happened in July where they tried to steal the character. Yeah, yeah. And she called me and it was on Zoom, just out of the blue, just, she knew I was on Zoom and just boom, it just came up. Yeah. And she said, Guess because I, she didn't have a camera on. She said, guess what? I said, what? She said, you won't believe what I'm wearing. So I just thought, ooh, this is, this is getting interesting. Where's this going to? Where's this leading to? Okay, let's, let's, let's find out. Yeah, what are you wearing? She was wearing um, the Justice for Bondia t-shirt, you know, with oh, my face on it. And yeah, she just said, look, I thought of you today and I'm wearing this and I just wanted to let you know that I was thinking of you. And I just said, wow. And this is Make stuff, business. yeah, yeah, exactly. This is someone who loves my comedy and hasn't seen me perform, wore my t-shirt and just wanted to have a chat. And I just thought, wow, that's the, that is actually my measure of success. It's not being at Life of the Apollo or being on TV, you know, for some, mm-hmm. that's what, yeah. But it's that impact that you have on people. It's just yeah, definitely unbelievable, unbelievable. And I, 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 like you, I am definitely going to go back once once we get rid of general COVID, we shall open those doors and we shall be back there. It won't be the same, but we will, we will be back there on, on stage. I mean, I honestly believe we'd be doing a disservice if we never went back. Yeah. To be, like, we never had, like, a bad time. I've, like, I've, I've never seen you die. Like, honestly, all the shows I've seen you do, I've seen you do well. I've um, died before, my friend. I've died. Course, yeah, but of course you have. Like, that's just the life of a comedian. Of course, we, we've died before. But yeah. like, when I say I've never seen you die, like, I know you've done so many shows. Yeah. And, you know, it's not a normal thing to expect. I, w- I would never book an act as a headline act mm. multiple times that I think <laughs> of dying. You understand yeah, yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And if for some reason you died, I'd have been like, it's probably the room setup was wrong. It's something like something was off. Yeah, to yeah, make yeah. You understand yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So even with myself, it's like I haven't done many gigs that I've felt like I've died. Yeah. And I've had experiences like yourself where you really realize that you have audience members who are fans who will literally call you up. And do you know what was weird? Like for me, where I live in, I live in Milton Keynes. When I started doing the show in Milton Keynes, a lot of people got to know me as a comedian. Mm-hmm. And it started to become weird because I started to almost get treated, like treated as like someone who is really popular and well-known, but in my own town. So, <laughs> it, 
like I would go to the shops and people I don't know were like, yo, and they wouldn't even know my name. They'd be like, it's it's just jokes. This it's just jokes. And I'm like, like, you know what I mean? So it got to a point where like when the lockdown started, I, I kind of was like, oh, it gave me a break from seeing people like mm-hmm. randomly coming up to you being, hey, funny guy, tell me a joke, hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it would happen in the gym, it happened, and some of them are really nice and cool. Some mm-hmm. of them are just like, I follow your stuff, I watch you online, like, I watch this, or I've been to your mm-hmm. shows, they'll remind me of shows, they're like, remember that one show that you did, and you said this, and you said that, and you really realised, you know what, I've actually touched people here. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. that, it'd be a disservice if we never went back, because oh. we generally have followers. Yeah, and, 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 yeah and, and definitely, the, the, and that's why I believe you're missing a trick because all those people who enjoy what you do, mm. where are they getting their comedy from? So I have a, I have a fan page. I have a yeah. fan page yeah. on, on, on Facebook. I have my Twitter account. So I have those fans on there and I'm constantly engaging with them. Even today, I wrote about um, coming to America and the fact that I might be going to war with Zamunda because uh, mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy believes that all fictional countries are fictional, you know, just as a joke, as a way of just making sure that, and even at one point, there's one fan of mine who um, was tuning into someone's FB Life, Ramesh uh, FB Life, he's a high profile comic. And, you know, I, I do jokes about the fact that you, you don't, you, if you're with me, you're with me, you should be going to go and watch another comic, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so it keeps, it keeps that, it keeps that creativity. So if I leave you with anything at all, consider because I could I could challenge you and say that even though you don't enjoy Zoom gigs, you have well, the following. Me, I, I generally don't know. It's it's my it it's my not wanting to be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. But you have a database that stopped me from going even online. And there's been a part of me that's not felt not not even felt like funny because I haven't been on stage being funny if that makes sense yeah, yeah it so makes sense kept coming to me and saying like like I've got people of course who are coming to me and saying why are you not doing online stuff mm. why are you not doing this and I'm just thinking like I just want to go out there and do it for real mm. and that's always been how I've been when it came to stand-up I was never much of an online person like yeah I keep myself quite private even though you see me post stuff mm. I'm very, I'm, I'm more very private because there's a lot of stuff that I do that people never see. Yeah. Like, and it's like, I keep that life separate mm-hmm. and I put a little bit online and I'm like, that's mm-hmm. it. Okay. But even this is what you're doing is awesome, man. Because well, I, I start, I, it, it, it was, it was, because um, I had to think about how, number one, how I could get my name out there. Number two, I missed interacting with creative people like you you know because yeah. even a little bit of we meet at a gig we have a chat you know the creative creativity was a way of inspiring one another so i just thought and the thing is there's so many podcasts out there but i just thought maybe this might be different because this has been done by a dictator and they'll yeah. um, find it but it's really interesting we've got downloads in 25 countries already and these Amazing. are countries I've never been to. I mean, US, Venezuela, uh, um, Thailand, all over That's the cool. world. So you, you are going to be heard tonight by people that have never heard of Eroy Welsh. Who the hell is Eroy Welsh? They will know that he That's is a, a struggling comedian and personal trainer. 
<laughs> that's, yeah. I want my story to look like I'm struggling. So when I come out, the story to tell. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, look, thank you so much for joining yeah. me. I did say to you that if we were enjoying ourselves, it could mm. last um, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. We have done an hour. So, an hour yeah, yeah, it's been an what hour. Look, this is and this is the thing about podcasting as well, in terms of the art of conversation. You know, yeah. we, we take we take it for granted because there are some people who are finding it difficult to talk to other people because they just don't know how to do it or they're not linked to anyone because they're just a lockdown. So I, I do value the time you have given me and I will uh, talk to you about, I will speak to my cabinet ministers to find out whether we can appoint you as our personal trainer for Laughter Republic because we are all overweight in our cabinet. Let, all let overweight. We believe, let, we believe uh, you have to put on weight to show <laughs> that you are leading and you have power. <laughs> I understand that. Okay. We can put instead, you know, we can, we can be bigger. That's, that's fine. <laughs> so, Leroy, right, just in case my listeners and viewers want to find you what are your social handles um to be honest most of the time it's very straightforward it's just elroy welsh so that's e-l-r-o-y-w-e-l-s-h mm-hmm. um that's on instagram that's on facebook snapchat you find me just by my normal name no not many people have this name i found it very funny that you said about the jamaicans yeah <laughs> because my name is elroy i've got a younger <laughs> brother called Ainsroy. i've got another brother <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> you I swear to you, sometimes I make that joke on stage and people, and I say, what are my parents thinking? Like, I also use it. I also use yeah. it when I perform not as President of Bonjo. And I have oh, a like, friend, I have yeah. a friend called Fizroy. Yeah. And, yeah. I just realized I had a friend called Fizroy. I had a work colleague called Delroy. And, just, mm. and then I now have you, Elroy. And I'm just thinking, what? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I don't know. Man. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's. And you know what? The crazy thing is, I would consider naming my son some kind of Roy now. It's just. No, but, know, but, this, but this is, you know, the thing we didn't talk about is um, mm. it's, of course, for me, it's a generation thing. We, we are prisoners mm. of our own background. So we, whatever we pick up from our parents passes on mm. to us. So one of the things I was going to say, and you just reminded me because you were saying, oh, you could name your children Roy. Uh, it's up to you, though, if you want to. I think you're going to. Is um, when we talk about health, you know that we know there are certain foods that are not very good for us. Yeah. And I've certainly been trying to impact that on my children, you know. Yeah, yeah, of but, course. But my parents never did that. So when a couple of years ago, my doctor said, you need now need to stop eating meat. I said, are you choking? I have been eating meat for years. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you're telling me that I should stop eating meat and I should stop drinking certain milk, you know, because they're no longer good for me. And I'm thinking, why didn't my parents pass this on to us about healthy food? Because there are some people, when you see them, you know, they, they're strict on exercising. They, they eat, they watch what they eat. You know, it's like, it's all part of their... You know, psyche. I honestly feel like our parents didn't have all the knowledge. Yeah. 
But alongside that as well, food has got worse over time. Yeah. So I feel like from 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 our parents' age yeah. to now, food is just declining, and the the type of things that are coming out being more available. Yeah. You know, when you go into a shop certain things that are placed at certain places yeah. so you might do your whole shopping and then you come to the counter and then you see the chocolate bars right mm-hmm. there and then that's when you end up getting it or you mm-hmm. get the sweets and they're, they're placed there like anything really healthy is never placed in bright packaging yeah. <laughs> it's all the unhealthy stuff in the bright colorful no, the packaging doc- you know? the doctor said to me oh get get stop drinking milk I I I I started I I started drinking milk right from when I was young. I was latching onto my mother's breast right from a you know. Now you're telling me stop, <laughs> stop, stop drinking milk. <laughs> but they I don't think they knew, man. I don't think they knew to to what extent. Mm. It's even like myself, I used to go to my friend's house and mm. we'd have dinner and stuff like that. And do you know what they used to tell me? They used to say, "Eat up." And they'd give me a second plate. They say you're big, so you should eat more. But <laughs> I'm big, so I should have ate less. Yeah. But I didn't. So I got into a habit of saying, "Yeah, I'm big. I should eat more." And everywhere I went, I was eating more and eating more until I realized it's affecting me. My my mom served us food when I was young, based on how old we were. So yeah. so the eldest got like maybe more meat than the other person, you know. And it was always like that. And then, and then the favorite would always get more food. So we'll have this first yeah. round and then go and have the second round. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. And I, I personally would never change it because I enjoy the way that it was. But for me going forward with the knowledge I know, I can't do the same for like my yeah, children. Yeah, like, yeah. I've even said, like, for me to give my children the best future, like, if I know what type of calories they should be on and, and how to educate them, mm. I will never force them, you know, mm. I'm going to educate them and try and make them stick to to certain eating habits. Because yeah. I have friends, for example, who are the same age as me. And if you look at them, they look ridiculously in shape, mm. like ridiculously. And it's only because, again, their parents made them do certain things yeah. from when they were young. And that mm. was their habits in their household. And we, yeah. my, the rest of my friends used to think that's strange. But now when we look back, we're like... You know, I mm. wish, I wish, I wish my parents was doing that, but you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's one of those learn. things, but we at least we 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 there's a saying that it's better for you to know now than to That's regret. Yeah, than not know yeah. at, at, at the end of it. So, look, thank you so much, um, folks, viewers, thank and listeners. You. You've had um, Elroy Welsh, who has given us uh, shared. Uh, Lots of stuff about uh, personal training and health, which is one of many reasons why I invited him to come and talk to us. This is episode 31 rather than 21, episode 31. So please do download and share, subscribe to my podcast. And um, actually, I think I'm going to make this announcement now without discussing it with Eroy or discussing it with my cabinet ministers. He is now my official personal trainer. And so, because I need to get all these people from Instagram chasing me to leave me alone. So I'm going to join one of his classes soon and we will start with a consultation. And uh, if I don't lose weight within two weeks after speaking to Eroy, Eroy is in trouble. And on that basis, yes, blame him. So Eroy, thank you so much. Yeah, you take care of yourself. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. This show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. 
we're the best kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out pedomity.com now.